This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Greetings, everyone. Your Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan here, ready to rock your world with another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. What's our mission? Our mission is to help you believe in yourself, to live your best kickin' life, your best possible life, a life of honor, a life of integrity, a life of respect, to help our society become its very, very best, a society that's happier, a society that's healthier, a society that's safer. But guess what? That starts with you, and I'm here to help you. I'm going to give you the best kick in life you can possibly want. I believe you can. Now you got to believe that you can to live your best kick in life. Greetings, everyone. Your kick in life guru, Master Rich Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh, in all of our podcasts, you're going to be talking about believing yourself, doing your very best, and achieving your goals. But last week, we talked a little bit about you've got to set goals in order to achieve those goals. Today, I'm going to talk about raising your standards. Now, standards are absolutely huge. Wherever your standards are that you set for yourself, your life, your goals, and if you're uh, a coach or you're a parent, those standards you set for your kids or your team, that's huge because if you don't have standards set, how do you know where you want, what do you want to reach? How do you know where you're going to go? So the big thing, and we've got a, a poster in the studio that says, keep your standards high. Those that really need to be in your life will rise up to meet those. Now, that doesn't mean everybody else you just say all the heck with because they haven't rose up to meet our standards. You do what you can to help inspire and motivate those people to rise up, to reach those standards. However, oftentimes what happens is we allow one or two people to pull us down, and therefore we lower our standards, and we quit being who we were born to be. Our standards get lower and lower and lower, and before we know it, was like, what happened? I used to be much better than this. I used to have dreams. I used to have goals. I used to have aspirations. Now, man, I'm not doing anything. Well, I'll tell you what it happens. It happens, it's the compound effect, and you've heard me talk about that before. Simple little steps. One step leads to another, leads to another. And before you know it, you're one direction or the other. Now, here's the thing. Just as easily as your standards continued to lower, boom, 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 you can raise those standards back up. The problem is most people want to shoot them right back up at the top where they were before, and it's almost like the impossible leap. And a great example is exercise. You know, uh, maybe you were exercising quite a bit. You got into a good routine. You're going to the gym three, four, five times a week. You're feeling great about it. And then suddenly you miss a day. And then you miss another, and then you miss another. And before you know it, two weeks have gone by, a month has gone by, and before you know it, a whole year has gone by, and you haven't been to the gym. So here it is, New Year's resolutions, bam, baby, I'm going to get back in there. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do this. You're inspired. You're motivated. Well, you jump back in there too much. Your standards are way, way too high. Now, you can set your end all, and I guess your standard up there, but no, you've got to benchmark that thing as you climb that ladder of success. You can't just make that leap of faith and hope it works. Sometimes you reach it, sometimes you don't. However, taking progressionary steps, helping you believe in yourself, and achieving goals along the way, that's the way to do it. So anyway, today the biggest thing is going to talk about keep your standards high. Those who really need to be in your life will rise up to meet those. Those that don't doesn't mean you can't help them, but by all means, do not let them pull you down. Now, the best example I can give is this. If, well, you know, let me back up just one sec. A lot of times I'll, I'll give speeches all over the place. And in the last three months, I think I've given 200 speeches to elementary uh, buildings and middle schools talking about inspiring, believing yourself, standing out. You're one in seven billion. Be the person you were born to be. Pretty much the whole emphasis uh, of the whole show here. But also the approach of honor, integrity, and respect. 
it's not going to be easy, okay? It's simple for me to say it, and it's really simple to get started, but the road's not going to be easy. But I promise you, the road, then the road to success, once you reach it, that's what's worth it. And uh, there's an old saying, if you're hard on yourself, life is considerably easier and better. If you're easy on yourself, life's always going to be a difficult challenge because you've never overcome any challenges. You've never stepped outside your, your comfort zone to achieve what you could achieve. Okay, so anyway, uh, oftentimes I'll, I'll talk about motivating not only yourself but others, but keeping yourself motivated, not allowing others to pull you down. And I get some negative feedback from time to time. People say, well, I thought uh, you're all about inspiring and motivating people and helping everybody, and I am. However, here's the truth. I can only do so much. The, these podcasts, the books you read, the uh, audio uh, books you listen to, they can only do so much. You have to believe in you. It has to be you that lifts you up. Yes, what I do, I, I truly believe in everything I'm saying, and I hope that inspires and motivates you to take action, but you have to be the one willing to do it. So the example I'm going to give is this. If you're drowning, and I throw you a life preserver, and you push it away, and I throw you another one, you push it away, and I throw you yet another one, and you push that one away, but you're screaming, help me, help me. Well, I jump in, and I'm trying to save you, and you're fighting me and hitting me and trying to pull me down, and I'm like, what do you want? I don't want help. I just want someone to drown with me. <laughs> now, of course, that's a crazy analogy. However, the whole point is I can do everything I can do to help you out. And anybody else you can talk to can what they can to help inspire and motivate you. But it all boils down to you. You have to motivate you. Now, I realize that's easier said than done, just like everything else in life. So let me give you an example that Zig Ziglar talked about. Uh, the law of inertia, we know once an item's in motion, it continues in motion. When it's at rest, it usually continues at rest. It's easier to keep things going than it is for them to stop and then restart them. Well, that's the same thing with inspiration and motivation. So daily motivation, daily inspiration, putting the positive thoughts and images in your mind, that's going to help keep that motivation engine, if you will, running great. Keep that motivation uh, fuel level on high or full. So an example Zig Ziglar talked about is you would never drive your car to the point of completely running out of gas and then looking for a fuel station because you're out now you got to walk to the to get gas. You would see when it's getting close to E, you're going to pull into a gas station. Well, I want you to think the same thing with your motivation, your inspiration. When that inspiration fuel gauge is getting low, that's when you need to chime in. You need to plug in, listen to this podcast, read a motivational blog, something to get that motivation uh, fuel level, if you will, back up to full. Don't let it get completely empty and then try and recharge it. Because what happens is once it's completely empty, then you're kind of at the bottom. You're like, oh, I'm too tired. I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it. And it's much, much harder to start from nothing than it is when you got some kind of spark, some kind of momentum, some kind of inspiration going to continue to build that up. Now, of course, it'd be sensible when you feel that thing get about half empty to fill that thing back up. The same thing with your car. You start noticing that fuel gauge is getting a little bit low you need to start looking for a, a, a filling station there to fill up. Because if you don't, you're going to end up having to walk. Well, I guess today with cell phones, you just call somebody. But it's still an inconvenience. So it's also an inconvenience when your motivation, inspiration, fuel tank gets low as well. Because then you got to work twice as hard. So keep that, thing, keep that thing up and keep that thing motivated. Talking about standards. Are standards easy? No. Is anything in life easy? No. Like I said, the whole premise of this show, I'm not going to lie to you, stand here and say, oh, it's all easy. All you got to do is hope and hope and pray and bang, it's going to happen. 
well, hoping and praying is a good start, but action is the only thing that's going to really move you from A to B. It's the only thing that's really going to help you become the person you were born to be. So to be great, you got to be willing to do what others only talk about doing. You got to be willing to do the things that you talk about doing. Once again, action is the key. And there's a little saying that says, motivation follows action, meaning if you take one little actionable step, you're going to develop motivation to take another step. And you're going to develop motivation to take another step. And it's the compound effect. One thing leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next. And that's exactly what you want. You want to keep that baby going, keep that cycle going. Back to the law of inertia. Once an item's in motion, it's much, much easier to keep it in motion than when it comes to rest, because then it's hard to move on. Uh, I guess another good example about the law of inertia is if you've ever had to push a car, Getting that baby started as hard as can be, trying to push car. It takes a bunch of people. You're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. But once you get that thing rolling, it's a heck of a lot easier. Now, the car hasn't changed its weight. The car still weighs what it weighed, two tons or whatever it is, but you've got it moving now. Now, once that car comes to a stop and you got to restart it, you're going to expend twice as much or 10 times as much energy getting that thing going again. So I want you to think about that pushing a car or the analogy I hear all the time is pushing a boulder up a hill. And that's kind of a, <laughs> that's a tough one. That's kind of the battle of life though. Um, Cause you're pushing up, pushing up, pushing up. Once that thing stops, it's probably going to start rolling backwards. Well, the same thing with motivation. Once, uh, once you stop, you're going to have to work uh, twice as hard and try and re, uh, recharge yourself, which is going to consume quite a bit of energy to get things going again. So there's an old saying, um, if you want to achieve something that you've never achieved before, you've got to be willing to do what you've never done before. And that means, once again, thinking outside the box, doing the little extra. Now, you hear me talk all the time about the people you surround yourself with. The people you surround yourself with, you're a product, you're a percentage of the four or five people you surround yourself with the most. So if you surround yourself with four successful people, I mean, you're just going to automatically, as long as you put in a little bit of work and effort, be the fifth successful person, simply because you're going to start thinking the way they think. You're going to start talking the way that they talk. You're going to start reading the books that they're reading. You're going to start asking the questions that they're asking. You're just going to, your whole blueprint, your digital blueprint is going to change and it's going to change for the good. However, on the other side, if you start surrounding yourself with four people that aren't successful, four people that are constantly complaining, four people that are constantly negative, four people that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you don't drink at all, but you start hanging out with these people before you know it, you're having a drink a night, then two drinks a night, and then the next thing you know, you're smoking. You know, and if that's the life you want to live, that's fine. But what I'm saying is you are a product of the people you surround yourself with. So be very, very careful on who that is. And I talk about this all the time, and I always get two or three people that will say, well, yeah, but it's not that easy just to leave your group of friends. Well, it was that easy to find that group of friends, and I'm not going to say it's going to be that easy to, to find other friends, but it's going to be worth it. If you're not living the life you want to live, if you're not being the person you want to be, then you're the one that has to make the change. And like I just said here, if you're, willing, if you're wanting to accomplish something you've never accomplished before, you got to be willing to do something you've never done before. And that could mean step outside your circle of friends and you know, find, some, find some different friends, find some different people. With the power of Facebook, there's so many groups out there. You can find groups. Just type in whatever you're looking for, and there it is. Now, are you going to find the diamond on the first one, first try? Probably not. It may take you two or three, but I'm telling you, it's worth the battle, worth the effort. So put in that time for yourself. And um, I, I skipped over a quote for the day and kind of jumped right into it. But our quote today has everything to do with our standards. And that is, when you do more than you, you're paid to do, you will eventually be paid more for what you do. 
and that's Zeke Ziegler. And that's the whole thing of always doing your very, very best. And we spoke last on the last podcast about uh, people saying, well, I'm only paid to do this, and that's all I'm going to do. Well, I, I get that to a certain extent, I guess. However, if you think that's the mi- mindset mentality that you're working for the man or working for the boss, I want you to develop the mindset that you're working for yourself. Everything you do is going to help you become a better person. It's going to help you become more employable. It's going to help you become the person they seek out, they want. Why? Because you've got a gift. And this whole time you weren't kind of short-sighted and small, closed-minded thinking, I'm only working for this guy. I'm only working to, uh, to get a paycheck. And maybe you are at this current job, but always do your very best. Always put forth that little bit of extra and continue to self-educate. By self-educating, you're working for yourself. You're working to better yourself to have the best life you can have. Now, and, and you'll hear me say this all the time because I want to just keep pounding this point home. I'm not about all sunshine and rainbows. That's not the real world. This is going to be tough. Doing anything outside the norm, stepping outside your comfort zone is going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. You're going to have people that uh, make fun of you. You're going to have people that laugh at you. And worse than the the mental demons you've got in your mind telling you you can't do it, you're probably going to have a lot of other people telling you you can't do it. But if you want to accomplish something you've never achieved, you've got to be willing to do something you've never done before. So that means getting outside that comfort zone, believing in yourself. But the biggest part about believing in yourself is respecting yourself enough to do that little extra. And what is that little extra? It could be, you know, picking up a book. Now, I'll share a personal story with you. I was, well, um, I was an average student at best when I was in high school. And when I got out of high school, I went to, well, I attempted to go to college, but I was in and out. I just wasn't the best student at all. Not because I couldn't have been, but I just didn't put in the time. And to be honest, I had a very difficult time reading. I don't know what the reason for that was. I had, and I want to blame it on concussions. I had on me concussions growing up as a kid uh, on a farm. I was bucked off horses a lot and then playing hockey and then also in martial arts. I don't know if that had any factor in it or not, or maybe I just was too ADD to read. I, I don't know. But all I know is I developed a conditioned pattern where I absolutely hated to read. So I just didn't do it. And by not doing it, and well, I guess, you know, in school there, the teacher, you're reading, the teacher go around, and I'm one of the guys that would be going, oh, my gosh, I hope I get a small sentence to read or a small paragraph. I don't want to read a lot. And it would come to me, and I'd be so freaked out of my mind that I'd be stumbling and stuttering. I'd be embarrassed to death. You know, that was tough. So I'm telling you that to let you know um, I wasn't born with this great gift to read, but slowly but surely. And, well, you know what, since I'm telling stories here, I'll tell you what really kind of uh, inspired me to do better at reading. I was, oh goodness, 19, 20 years old, and I took a, a firefighter's test and uh, to be a firefighter, or at least a, a, not a volunteer, but on the list. They didn't have any jobs available, but you're on this list. Well, on the physical side, I excelled. Man, I was off the charts with absolutely everything. When it came to reading comprehension, it's embarrassing to say, I had about a sixth grade level of reading comprehension. Now, this guy pulled me aside, and he says, look, man, you excelled off the charts with the physical. You're extremely sharp. You're extremely bright. But, man, this is holding you back. And then he asked about college, and I said, oh, I was kind of in and out, you know, just couldn't find my niche, couldn't find what I wanted to do. And he said, look, this is the best advice I can give you. Start reading the sports page. Just slowly but surely start reading something you enjoy. Obviously, you love sports, you love martial arts. Just start reading a little bit. And it was a challenge. It was tough. But I started doing that a little more, a little more, a little more. So let's fast forward. And um, <laughs> another little background story. I'm the guy that it took 10 years to get a two-year associate's degree uh, because I was in and out of school and all kinds of other jobs, which we'll talk about in future podcasts. 
But then once I got the associates, I went to uh, SIU here in Edwardsville, Southern Illinois University. And in two years, I got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology, which is study of human movement. Now, that's something I really enjoy, study of human movement, because right along with martial arts, sports, athletics, and, and uh, fitness. But the education side was, you know, to be a PE teacher and work in the personal training and all those other avenues. But I had to read. I had to learn. I mean, let's say to learn how to read, but I really had to focus because it was a fun degree. I had a ton of fun in college. However, learning anatomy and physiology and the internal workings of the body, that was a little tough, and you had to read because of that. So I did enough reading to get my degree, and then I kind of, ah, you know what, I'm done. I'm good to go here. So I kind of stopped reading for a while and uh, not read anything more than what I needed. I always read motivational quotes. I shouldn't say I stopped reading, but it was nothing any more than that. Fast forward now, five years ago, uh, I started surrounding myself with better people, and that's why I keep trying to tell everybody out there listening, you've got to surround yourself with the people that you want to be like. And they're not just going to fall out of the sky. You have to actively pursue it, but it's worth it. So started surrounding myself with these, uh, these people, that, which are great. They're inspiring. They're in the martial arts community. They're doing wonderful things for their communities and society as a whole. And the biggest factor with all of them, self-educate, self-educate, self-educate. Read, read, read. And I started learning about people like Jim Rome. Started learning people about Zeke Ziegler, uh, Jack Canfield, John Maxwell, Jeffrey Gittimore, Simon Sinek. All these authors who are now some of my favorite. And uh, I'm happy to say that I've met a large number of these uh, authors and had great conversations with them. And it was something, you know, years ago I thought, well, it would be kind of nice to meet those people. Well, you know what? They're human beings too. I'm a human being. You're a human being. But it's you taking that active role to get out there and do that. So now my group of influence, my group of friends, the people I surround myself with are extremely successful people. And guess what they're doing? The same thing they told me, they're telling others, and now I'm telling you, continue to self-educate. Read, read, read. Now, if you don't like to read, that's fine. Audible. It's uh, an app I've got on my phone. I listen to books. And Zig Ziglar talks about, and you hear me reference him a lot because I, it's, it's unfortunate. I never got a chance to meet him. He passed away a few years ago. But I probably have more Zig Ziglar books and more Zig Ziglar audio books than uh, any other author because he's truly inspiring to me. Now, um, he's, he's from Texas, so he's got that Texas uh, draw. It's, I like it a lot. But uh, it, my kids, poor kids, anytime they're in a the car, they're like, Dad, do we have to listen to this? So. I don't know. It's an old story that uh, I wish we would have had a chance to meet Zig Ziglar. I could have told him that story. Hey, here's my kids. Z- guy, kids get to meet Zig in person because you almost know him from all the times in the car. But he calls when you're in your car that time instead of listening to talk radio, instead of listening to um, whatever that could be bringing you down, listen to motivational, listen to audio books, listen to podcasts, listen to something that's going to help educate you to be the type of person that you want to be. He calls it automobile university and i don't remember the exact numbers but he talked about the amount of hours that a person has in their car transporting back and forth to work or running kids or whatever you're doing if you want to sit down and calculate how many hours i'm sure it's quite a bit and in that amount of time think of the number of books you could listen to think of the number of podcasts you can listen to and think how that's going to make a profound impact in your life to help you become better and not only you but guess who else is listening your kids are listening and our kids are a product of us, whether we want it or not. It's just one of those things that uh, uh, in Zig Ziglar's references, and I've heard several other uh, motivational speakers talk about this. They say, we tell our kids to tell the truth. You must tell the truth. You must do this. You must do that. Well, then somebody calls on the phone and the kids say, uh, who is it? Oh, well, tell that person I'm not here. 
So we tell our kids to tell the truth, but yet <laughs> what we're saying, they don't hear, but what we're doing, they obviously see. So in the same thing in the car, what we're listening to, they, you know, and kids, they don't listen to us. That's just how it is. Well, I shouldn't say that because they don't listen to parents. Sometimes, you know, Master Grogan has to put on the, the Master Grogan hat at home because when I'm at the academy, the kids are conditioned. They know to follow directions. At home, they get a little loosey-goosey, but... You know what? They're, they're kids. As long as they're not doing anything too outlandish, I've goofed up as a kid, but I want them to be disciplined and respectful. But my whole point, kind of going off on some side tangents there, is what you're listening to in your car, the input that you're putting in your brain is not only going into your brain, it's going into your kids' brains. And if your kids are anything like mine, they're like, oh, Dad, do we have to listen to this again? But you know what? Before you know it, they're saying some of the things that he's saying, some of the motivational quotes, and you can feel the energy that motivates and lifts them up when they get out of the car there. Now, they're teenagers, so they won't admit it, but uh, I can definitely see it, and I hear it. And they hear when I'll uh, you know give speeches and I'll reference that, and they'll go, oh, that was Zig Ziglar, or that was John Maxwell. I'm like, yeah, there you go, good stuff. So it's Im- impacting in there. And, you know, Zig talks about all the time, stinking input, stinking output. So if you got, you know, yucky stuff going in your brain, you got all negativity, you got all politics, you got all the things that are bringing you down going into your brain, how's it going to make you feel? And then what's your output going to be for the rest of the day? Pretty much like that. So anyway, we are off all kinds of different tangents here, but it all rolls back around to the initial talking point we talked about here. Keep your standards high. Keep your standards high, and the people that really need to be in your life will rise up to meet those standards. And once again, that doesn't mean we neglect everybody else. However, we don't allow others to pull us down. We do what we can to inspire and motivate them. We do what we can to help them. But essentially, and we can offer them a helping hand. That's what I mean by helping them. But if they don't take the hand, you can't keep, I don't want to say wasting your time, but you've only got so much energy and so much time. And if there's millions and millions of people out there that need your help, want your help, want to be inspired and motivated by you, go with the numbers, okay? If this person doesn't want your help, hey, and I tried, let's move on. Don't let that person drag you down. And it's the old thing. Um, and, and there's always people on other, uh, both sides of the fence will say, well, uh, as far as inspiring and motivating, so you just let this person die off, but you work on this one? No, it gets back to the same thing. And it's the same thing with you. I can tell you everything you want to hear. I can lie to you if you want and tell you, hey, all you got to do is hope and pray and it all happens. Well, I'm not going to do that because that's not being honorable. That's not integrity. That's not honesty. And that's definitely not respecting you as a person. I want you to respect you as a person and do what you can to become your very, very best. And I've shared all kinds of secrets here as far as self-educate. That's the best thing. Start off with something minor, something small. It could be, you know, podcast on your car, something small and nothing happens overnight. I, um, kind of the story of success. And I, I've achieved some success. I've got a lot, a long way to go. Uh, but I've got them around the right group of people that's going to help get me there. But it all starts with believing in myself and blocking out all the people that told me I couldn't or people that kind of, uh, you know, kids sometimes and even adults can be cruel about reading. You know, you stumble over reading, that's a sign of illiteracy. You're, you're dumb. You can't read. Well, maybe I was. But I didn't like that title, didn't like that label. So what I was going to do, I was going to prove to be better than that. And it was tough. But listen, if I can do it, you can do it. But it's not easy. I had a lady come into the um, academy not too terribly long ago. It was a reporter. And she says, oh, my gosh, it was just like yesterday and suddenly you're a success. And I'm like, well, thank you very much for the compliment. I sincerely appreciate that. I don't think I'm at the level of success I want to be or know I will be. But I appreciate that. But I will tell you this. It didn't happen overnight. 
We've had the business for over 20 years now, 20 years, and through all kinds of pitfalls, up and down and up and down. And there's been challenges. And yes, there's been times when I wanted to give up. There's been times I just wanted to throw my arms up and say, okay, I cannot do this anymore. There's been a lot of crying. There's been a lot of frustration. But that's all part of the journey. It's a roller coaster ride. And uh, all the entrepreneurs out there listening to this, there's a great book by Darren Hardy. And Darren Hardy's the founder of Success Magazine. It's called The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster. And he talks about, and I, I'm telling you, uh, I need to call him up and say, hey, Darren, I appreciate the book, but uh, I really appreciate it because I think you wrote it about me. But any entrepreneur will get it. It's the ups and downs that you go on. And the up and down, it, it, it's definitely a ride. But uh, this is actually something I mentioned to the students the other night is you're going to have ups and downs. Just make sure the lows don't get too low. Make sure the highs don't get too high. Kind of go through it. But it's much, much better than a straight or a flat line because if you're flatlined, what does that mean? That means you're dead, right? <laughs> that means it's all over. And, uh, and unfortunately, we've got a lot of walking dead walking around in society today, people that are flatlined with their life. They just go through the motions. You've got so much more in you. You can be somebody. Be who you were born to be. And uh, was a couple podcasts ago, we talked about the most successful and the wealthiest place on earth is a cemetery of all the lost dreams, all the dreamers, all the, um, the imagination, the next greatest Apple computer, boom, didn't come out because this person didn't believe in themselves. The next greatest iPod didn't come out because this person didn't believe in themselves. The next great twin tower wasn't constructed or built because this person didn't believe in themselves or they allowed somebody else to talk them out of their dreams and tell them they couldn't do it. The next great guitar player never became a guitar player because someone told them they couldn't. They listened to that. They listened to the doubts in their mind. And what they do? They took their gift they took their music, uh, musician, talent, listen to me. They took their gift of being a great guitar player, being a musician, to the grave with them, and nobody heard it. The next great singer, the next great motivator, so many. So I often reference the cemetery as the wealthiest and most successful place in the world simply because, unfortunately, a lot of dreams die. A lot of dreams die. I heard something the other day, and I wasn't going to talk about it because I, I need to probably listen to it again, but I'm going to give it a shot here. It was... Uh, by Les Brown, and he had mentioned, imagine yourself on your deathbed. And I'm not getting morbid here, but I'm trying to talk about you want to, and, and, well, let me back up again. I'm backing up, backing up, backing up just to move forward, right? But um, if, oh, I lost my train of thought there. I was backed up too far. Let's just get back to Les Brown. Um, he said, if you're on your deathbed and you're surrounded by the ghost of the risk you didn't take, the, the challenges you didn't rise up to meet, what do you think? You're looking around. Those ghosts are angry. This ghost says, you know, you could have been a superstar. This ghost says, yeah, you could have been a great writer. This uh, ghost says you could have been uh, the top athlete in the world. This ghost says you could have been a top coach. This ghost says you, you could have made uh, movies. You would have this great director mind, but you didn't act on any of these things. These ghosts are looking at you and they're frustrated at you. They're frustrated because they never got to become a vision. They never got to become uh, the vision, never got to become a reality. I'm sorry but now they're going to die with you. So I know it's a little morbid, but if you think about in terms of that, what are you wasting? What talent are you wasting? You are one out of 7 billion people in this world. 7 billion people. You've got a special gift that nobody else has. Nobody else has a talent that you have, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to make the choice to raise those standards. You have to make the choice to surround yourself with good, positive, motivating people, people that you want to be like. And you do that, 
It's not guaranteed. Nothing in life is guaranteed. But what is guaranteed, I say nothing's life guaranteed, but, but what is almost guaranteed is if you don't, you're never going to achieve your goals and live the life you were born to live. And I've said this two or three times. It's kind of the theme of the podcast about the standards. But if you want to achieve more than you're achieving now, you've got to be willing to do more than you're doing right now. Okay, so I'm going to take a short little break here and uh, get back to you. Chew on that for just a little bit and think about where your standards are. And I'll be back with you in just a second. Hey, to download some of our previous podcasts, go to kickinlifepodcast.com or go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you know what? A five-star review would be nice, too. The review, that's a tough word for me to say, but hopefully it's not tough for you to do. And for some reason, we haven't earned the five stars. Give us a feedback. Let us know what we can do to improve the show and help you live your best kick in life. Thanks again. Remember to subscribe, download, and share with others. Okay, so we're back at you here. Thanks for hanging around. Um, we talked a lot about standards in the kind of the first part of the show here. Next, we're going to continue with that theme, but we're also going to talk about the reason, the biggest reason why most people are uncomfortable getting outside their uh, comfort zone. And, well, it's just like it sounds. You're comfortable here, so why in the world do you want to make yourself uncomfortable? I get that. But here's the thing. The true comfort happens once you've achieved a level of success. And it may not be the greatest level at first, but any level of success better than where you're at right now, yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable getting there, but it's going to be so much more comfortable. You've paid the price, you've paid the dues, you've battled the battle, and now you've got it. And you hear me talk all the time, life is going to knock you down, it's going to beat you down, it's going to keep you down, if you let it. And yeah, you may get back up and bang, you may get dropped again. That's unfortunately, that's life. But through that conditioning, through that belief in yourself, through getting back up each and every time, it's going to help you become the person you were born to be in whatever capacity that is. A little saying that I talk to the kids all the time about, uh, whether it be at the academy, the martial arts and leadership academy, at school talks, or even during sports teams, is you must not only believe in yourself, but respect yourself enough to always do your best. And there's going to be days when you don't feel like doing your best. There's going to be days you don't feel like doing anything. I'm a human being. I have those days quite often. But yet, I'm like, what message do I give to the kids? I tell them, so I replay that in my own mind, and that's what inspires me. So I'm hopeful, this is my goal with this, my vision with these podcasts, is to inspire you and motivate you to get up on those days when you don't want to get up, to do that little bit of extra when you don't think that you can, because the little little bitty extras, the little things add up. You know the difference between ordinary and extraordinary? That little extra. I know that's corny, but it's the absolute truth. Small little disciplines, day in and day out. Can go either way, you know. You, and I talked about people about weight loss all the time, getting in better shape. And here it is. What, what do you want to do? I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. But I want to lose it in 10 days. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay. I, I don't want to rain on your parade and crush your thoughts here. But that's not realistic. You didn't put 20 pounds on in 10 days. It may have taken 10 years to put it on. Now, the good thing is it won't take 10 years to get it off. But it's not coming off in 10 days either. And if somebody tells you it, it is, well, I think that's not the advice I'd like to take because if they're giving you pills and everything else that's going to make that happen, it's probably going to have a negative impact on your body. Things take time. It's the trickle effect. But moving forward, small little successes lead to those big successes. So anyway, as we were talking about, um, the reason most people don't get outside their comfort zone is because this is a little saying I heard. It's the devil you know 
is much more comfortable than the devil you don't. Meaning, you may not like your situation right now. You may not like where you're at right now. You may not like your job where you're at right now. You may not like your life where you're at right now. But it's much, much easier with that devil than it is the unknown. So you'll just deal with the devil you know as opposed to dealing with one you don't. Now, the bad thing is, and and all the time I'll tell people, yeah, but if you don't like it, make a change. And they focus on what could go wrong. Yeah, but this could go wrong. Yeah, but that could go wrong. Yeah, but this. And I say, yeah, but guess what? It could go right. Look at the other side of it. You always, And unfortunately, and that's just our preconditioned blueprint, if you will, what we're made up is, and a lot of us are, are, are conditioned to think that we're not going to be successful, that we're not going to succeed in life, we're not going to have the best job, that we better just be happy with what we got. You know, you get what you get and don't throw a fit. Man, I always hated that. Absolutely hated that. And the weird thing is, as much as I hated that, I, there were times when I would say that. Um, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I really do that? No. no. You get what you get and don't throw a fit. If you don't get what you want. Now, as a kid, I understand why they're doing it because um, moving along here, here you get a piece of candy, you get a piece of candy. I don't want this candy. You get what you get, don't throw a fit. I mean, come on. That is crushing a kid. That's just being, in my opinion, a little on the lazy side. As an adult, don't accept that. You get what you get and don't throw a fit. If you don't like what you get, do something about it. And I'm not suggesting stay there or lay there on the floor and have a temper tantrum and throw a fit, but take actionable steps to improve and fix what you don't like, what you want to improve on. That's the only way to do it. And uh, excuses, you know how I feel about excuses. If you, if you don't know, listen to some of the previous podcasts. I do not like excuses. And here, for those the first time tuning in, excuses lead to more excuses, which lead to more excuses. And before you know it, your whole life is nothing but one big excuse. And if you don't like where you're at in your life right now, you need to look at the excuses you've been making. What's the difference? Find solutions. Now, is it going to be easy? No. But the harder you work at it, the more you condition yourself, you're going to stop yourself from making an excuse. And I want you to ask yourself this. Is this excuse going to help me become the person I want to become? Is this excuse going to help me achieve my goals, going to help me be successful, going to help me be a better person than I was before? If the answer is no, then don't make it. Find a solution, okay? And I shared a story last week about uh, a couple of our instructors at the academy, and, uh, you know, the instructors came and they know they don't come to me with excuses. But they've been conditioned, unfortunately, because they're in their 20s, and uh, um, it's kind of, I don't say how they were brought up, but just in a society today, it's easier to make excuses and blame others. They're getting better, though. Um, one of our instructors, he couldn't find the inventory sheet. So first thing he did was call. Well, I can't find the inventory sheet. And somebody must have put it over here. And somebody must have put it over there. And I said, stop. I want you to find it, number one. When he didn't, I walk in and find it right there. But it was good that I did because I'm like, it's right here. Once we got to focus. But here's the thing. I said, I want you to do, instead of making excuses and wanting to complain, because what's going to happen is you're going to think about this. You're not going to be able to find something else, or this is going to change. And we had a lot of renovations going on at the academy, so things were moved around a little bit. But when you start feeding off one excuse, it's going to lead to another. I said, I want you to stop right there and think, this is where I want this thing. I asked him, where do you want this? Here. I said, good. We're going to write a system. You're going to bring it up at the meeting and say, hey, this is where I want the inventory sheet. So now you've created a solution for where you want it, as opposed to complaining about it not being where you thought it was going to be, which is going to lead to you not being able to find something else. Because the more you whine, the more you complain, the more you find excuses, obviously the more excuses you're going to find, but the less focus you have 
on anything positive, number one, but also on achieving success because you're constantly focusing on what else is going to go wrong. What else is going to go wrong? Oh, one of those days, which I absolutely despise, by the way, one of those days. You're telling yourself, you know what? This day sucks, man. This is bad. Don't do that to yourself. You're better than that, okay? And you're better than that. My kids hear that so many, so often. I say, look in the mirror. Tell yourself, you're better than that. Now, is life that easy? No. I'm a realist. I'm 100% honest with you. However, if you don't like your life now, you don't like where you're at now, if you know you can do better than what you're doing right now, get outside that comfort zone, okay? That devil that's holding you in place, I know you fear the unknown. Everybody fears the unknown. And, he, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, it, well, it is, un, I don't like saying things are unfair, but when you do step out of that comfort zone and you do try and pursue something different, well, guess what? Not only are your own fears in your mind that, well, I may fail, I may not, this may not work, it's everybody else beating you down as well, telling you, why are you doing that? What, who do you think you are? And I'm telling you this from personal experience. Anytime I, and I never really fit in. I've got a book coming out. It's called Square Peg Round Hole. It's just about that, not fitting in with the crowd. It's not that I didn't fit in, but I always wanted to do a little bit more. I always wanted to do a little bit better. And the times, here's the weird thing is, the times when I felt like I was fitting in, that was the times I was the most uncomfortable. So by being me and the things I'm talking about, you know, playing hockey, I was always the first one on the ice and the last one off the ice. Martial arts, I was the first one at the academy and the last one to leave. You know, in baseball, the same thing. And always wanting to practice when nobody else wanted to. Always wanting to exercise and work out when no one else wanted to. And I used to catch all kinds of grief and flack for that. It's like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you're going to be? You're, you're not going to make anything. You're nobody. You're too dang small and you're not, uh, um, you're not good enough. You're definitely not smart enough. So not only do I have my own fears and doubts, now everybody else is pounding me <laughs> with uh, telling me that I can't be who I, I want to be. And I never got it. But that was kind of the blueprint growing up. It was unfortunate. But now what I'm telling you is you can change your blueprint. You can change your paradigm. You can change who you've been conditioned to be. You were conditioned in one way. You can condition yourself in another way as well. But it's not going to be easy, but you've got to be willing to do it. And the first thing you have to do is be willing to overcome that fear of the unknown. And you've heard me talk before, fear, uh, the acronym of fear, false events appearing real. We build up these monumental worst happenings in our mind. If I do this, oh, man, this is going to happen. And it rarely does it, is it as big as you thought it was. So any success you've taken when you've went outside that comfort zone, when you've overcome your fears, you want to use those as building blocks. Use those as building blocks to build on whatever you're trying to pursue, whatever dream you're trying to achieve. But it all wraps back to the first thing we talked about this podcast. You've got to have the standards. You've got to keep them high. You've got to believe in yourself. And you've got to surround yourself with people that believe in you and are going to help you achieve those goals. And all, end all, be all, when you believe in yourself, you're going to develop that level of confidence that you're going to want to stand out. You're going to want to do that extra. And that extra is the small things. Self-educate. Continue to do something. I'd rather have read one page uh, of a book a day than 10 pages one day and not read it again for another 10 days. And then maybe read 10 pages because you haven't got into a routine or a rhythm. Um, I was talking to somebody before about exercising. And I suggested, you know what? Start off with one push-up. Just one push-up on the floor. Just one. Like, well, one's not going to do anything. I said, well, here's the thing. You get in the floor and do one push-up, you're probably going to end up doing five. But if you say I've got to do 25, eh, you know what? I just don't feel like doing 25 today. Well, three months from now, all right, I did my 25. 
then another three months go by. However, if you would do one push-up a day, and chances are you'd probably do five if you took the energy to get in the floor, and you do that every single day, and then you do five push-ups every day for a month, and you add you know, another push-up on, then another push-up on. But what you've developed is consistency over and over and over again. And I tell you, over the course of a month, doing five push-ups a day, you guys can do the math, whatever that equivalates to, that's a heck of a lot better than doing 25 push-ups every three months. Slow little steps. Now, maybe it's not push-ups, but I want you to use that analogy to think about anything else in life, on self-educating, getting better. Maybe it's listening to an audio book in your car for just five minutes every single day, as opposed to, I listened to it for an hour, and now I don't want to listen to it anymore, and then a month later, I listened to another hour. Consistency. Develop a pattern. Develop a habit. And here's something you may know, you may not know. Um, it was a, kind of a revelation to myself here, which it shouldn't have been, but be honest, it was. We were born with zero habits. None of our habits are with us when we were born. We're kind of a clean slate. We develop our own habits, whether good or bad, we develop each one. And uh, there's an old saying, good habits are hard to make, but easy to live with. Bad habits, easy to make, but hard to live with. And to compound that even more, good habits are very hard to make and very easy to break, where bad habits are very easy to make and extremely hard to break. So, and there's a saying, and some people, I'm on both sides of the fence here on this one because I've done enough research on, on all of it, but some people say you can never eliminate a habit, you can only replace a habit. So, you know, if, if maybe your habit is staying up till two o'clock in the morning and then sleep until 10 o'clock, but yet you want to do something better, you want to start getting up earlier, you can't really go from one extreme to the other, but you can start backing that off a little bit. So maybe now I'm going to bed at midnight and I'm getting up at nine and, and so forth, but you have to be willing to change that. So that's the part about you can't ever eliminate a habit. You can only replace it with a different habit. Like I said, I, I think that goes both ways, but for that scenario right there, especially if it's a, a bad habit, you're not going to get rid of it. Do your best to replace that with a good one. Okay, so we've talked about a lot here today, and I'm very hopeful you've enjoyed the podcast as always. And please don't be afraid to give me a shout out on uh, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and then, of course, where our podcast is found. You found this one, but for those of the first time, it's kickinglifepodcast.com, available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, hey, I'd love a five star review, and I'd love for you to subscribe and share with others and use this motivation not only to inspire you, but you know, back to Zig Ziglar, how do you get what you want in life? By helping enough other people get what they want. And that's that gift that kind of keeps on giving. Uh, well, we're in the Christmas season here, right? So if you haven't seen Christmas Vacation yet this year, make sure you watch that with the family. Uh, I always like references, goofy lines from there. You know what, Clark? That's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. So I'm hopeful that uh, this podcast is something that keeps on giving the whole week until we record another one next week. As always, send your feedback in. Let us know if something you like about the show, something maybe you don't, or something you want to hear about. And I'll do our best to answer those requests and get back to you. All right. So until we talk again, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week, another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.